Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. Today I want to share a very unusual way I share. eh? Because I'm an unction minister. I'm not... I'm unctioned. Unctioned means that what the Holy Spirit tells me is what I minister. I, that's why sometimes it's, it disturbs me when I'm put in a place when I have to, to, to be made to suit a certain way. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. There's something um, Paul says in the book of Corinthians, perhaps I'll show it to you, it's somewhere in First uh, Corinthians 7. Begin, give me the sixth verse. I want to show you something. It says, but I seek to speak this by permission and not commandment. Next verse. For I would, listen, that all men were even as I myself, but every man had his proper gift of God, one after this manner and another after that. Meaning that Everyone has a way they minister. You get my point? Well, in that context, he was talking about the issues of celibacy and marriage. Okay? But because all scripture is profitable, or every scripture is profitable for reproof, for correction, for exhortation, for inspiration, da 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 da, for correction, for instruction of righteousness, that the man of God might be what? Perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So every scripture is profitable. So in this instance, he's speaking of a place where every man should abide in his proper gift. The way God made you might not be the way God made me, might not be the way God made him, might not be the way God made her, but the appreciation that there are diversities of gifts by the same spirits. Diversities of administration by the same what? Same spirit. Diversities of operation by the same Lord. Praise the Lord. There are differences in administration, but the same Lord. And next verse, and there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh in all. That means, there, imagine there is a gift, let's say of prophecy, not office, but gift of prophecy. And in that gift, there is a, a certain way somebody administers it. You get it? And when they're administering it, there is a certain way it, it is it operates on their lives. You get my point? But the Bible says it is the same. Lord, hallelujah. We live in a dispensation where certain people want you to do the way they want it. Otherwise, you won't be. Let me tell you, for me, if I listened to many people years ago, I would not be preaching. Because every after I summoned, I would be advised, you see, sometimes you're over deep, become simple. Sometimes you're over simple, you're over deep. You know, Ugandans are like that. Not any other country in Uganda. 
They see you in a donkey. They say, hey, a guy. Look, look, you see what he's doing to the donkey. You get off the donkey, you walk and say, look at that stupid guy. Instead of sitting on a donkey, he's walking. <laughs> Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. But it's that place where you appreciate as a Christian and know that what's upon me is not what's upon you. And what's upon you might have a difference in administration, difference in gift, difference in operation, but it is the same Lord and I must admit it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God is not interested in photocopies. He's interested in you, the original. You be yourself. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, be yourself. Tell it to them again. Tell it to be yourself. If you are sort, tell it to Anitesot. Or somebody Anitesot. Oh, God. Somebody just spoke a tongue and said, Shaka Labaranda. <laughs> they are by faith speaking. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. And they come to our Lord and Savior and they ask him, Father, Master, we found a guy casting out devils in your name and we forbid him for he does not walk with us. Mark said he doesn't follow us. But you see, the ultimate question should have been, why didn't the guy ask himself, where did this guy learn from to cast out? And Jesus closed that and just told him, hmm, if he's not against us, it's for us. That's all. But I wish some guy went to ask. We went to cast out devils. We found another guy casting out devils. How did he do it? Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Because there is a thought that unless you went to this Bible school, the Holy Ghost can't be on you. If you're not in this institution, the Holy Ghost can't be on you. If you're not discipled by so and so, the Holy Ghost can't be upon you. Hey, hey, hey you watch people in Fanero, you'll see. You see people coming from different places. Nainga, they are funny. They are crazy in God. Why? Because this is a time where God himself is raising his own. Hallelujah. He's raising his own. He's raising his own. I've grown to understand in this life of salvation that not everybody who knows, they'll be taught in their church. That is why some of you, even the, when you spoke in tongues, you didn't speak them in your church. You went somewhere in a retreat and then you came back with a foreign tongue, makacha, pakacha, and people are looking at you and saying, no, but they ch-. <laughs> Hallelujah. And that's why when you grow in God, you realize that there is, huh, should I say this a bit complicated? Okay, let me say it. There is a point where Paul says, let us go and suffer reproach without the camp. You get it? But many people don't actually understand the camp Paul speaks about. They don't really understand the camp Paul speaks about. They don't understand the camp Paul speaks about. Why do you think in the book of Revelation there is something called the New Jerusalem? What's wrong with the old one? Because it's one thing to leave Babylon and enter Jerusalem. It's another when this Jerusalem also walks in a certain pattern that causes it to look old for God to be prompted to produce a new in Jerusalem. We're not talking about outside Jerusalem here. We're not talking of unbelieving here. We're talking of them which are of the same faith. But in there, God describes an old dispensation of the Jerusalem Judistic marrying Hellenism and a new form of Jerusalem where we, the submission is entirely the person of Jesus Christ. Why do you think that today in the church of Jerusalem, Jesus is not preached as one which walked the surface of his earth, died and resurrected? Why do you think that they think that the Messiah is yet to come 
Yet there was a time when that very man they claim has not yet come walked the surface of that particular ground. Hallelujah. So therein are camps. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Therein are camps. That is why every time you get into a certain place in God, you are, you are exposed to a certain line of persecution. Because you pull out of camp. Camp is predictable. Okay, I didn't come to preach that. Let me preach what I wanted to preach. Hallelujah. So I wanted, I, I wanted, today I want to share something a bit very mature. Eh? Praise the Lord. Eh? Then by the end of the service, you'll understand why I'm sharing the way I'm sharing. Hallelujah. For now, do what? Bear with me. Praise the Lord. I had a vision on uh, 17th March. And um, when I say vision, I mean vision. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. And um, there are those things the Lord will reveal to you in this life that are for you. And there are those things that the Lord will reveal to you that are are for church. And there are those things that the Lord will reveal to you are for particular individuals in church. You get my point? Uh, Lately, I've had a point where I've had to now make peace with God. Because there are certain things that I've been seeing over the years. And some of them has pushed not to share. And I'm starting to have a heavier burden not sharing these things because there was a time when we thought to share these things. Some of the men and women we were with during that time were unable to understand or bear the insights. You get it? Not in a proud sense, but sometimes there's a knowledge that must keep you to hold what you must keep if there is a soul that these things that you deliver to men, some might not be able to apprehend. And sometimes you hold back. And that's the point in Christ where with Paul says that do you have faith? Keep it to yourself. Because when you're dealing with a faith that involves meats, you realize that it's different from a faith that involves milk. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. And sometimes the scriptures tell us that when you are seated at meat, this is Paul, he says when you are seated at meat and a weaker brother comes and then he partakes of that meat, The Bible says that you cause them to stumble. And some people think that the place of causing to stumble is when you eat bad meat only. But sometimes the place of meat also carries the depth of divine purpose. That's why they ask our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, have you had anything to eat? And he tells them, for this is my meat, to do the will of God and accomplish it. It's one thing to do it, it's another to accomplish it. Sometimes what we define as meat is not your physical food. This is my meat, Jesus says, that I may do the will of God and to accomplish it. So when Paul comes in the dispensation of explaining meats, sometimes he's speaking to that which concerneth idols. Without the understanding in certain Christians that some of the things defined as idols are not directly idols, but they are idols. Do you know that WhatsApp can be an idol? Yes. Some people think idols are things that are up there on certain walls, but certain things are actually idols. The things that you give time and reverence instead of the person of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But we go back to Paul. Paul says that if a brother sits at meat, a weaker brother sees you eating that meat, okay? Now, in the direct sense, he's defining places where, for example, you eat something offered to idols because your conscience 
is strong enough not to be judged because you are judged by your faith, okay? And then you find a weaker guy, praise the Lord Jesus Christ, who goes in and then does the same thing. And the Bible says, and your brethren are stumbled because of what you have done. The Bible says that's a wrong thing. He says, but take list by any means, this liberty, are you reading, of yours becomes a stumbling block to them which are weak. Next verse. For if any man see thee which has knowledge, sit at meat in the idol's temple, shall not the conscience of him which is weak be emboldened to eat those things which are offered to idols. Next verse. And through thy knowledge, the weak brother perish for whom Christ died. Next verse. But when you sin, when you sin so against the brethren and wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. Uh huh. Next verse. Wherefore, if meat make my brother to offend, I will eat no flesh while the world strandeth, standeth, lest I make my brother to offend. Next verse. Am I not an apostle? Am I not free? Have I not seen Jesus Christ our Lord? Or yet not my work in the Lord? Next verse. If I be an apostle and two others, yet doubtless I'm to you. For the seal of mine apostleship, are you in the Lord? Mine answer to them is, do that, do that, that do examine me is this. Have we not power to eat and drink? Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. This is Paul. He's trying to explain a situation where meat is, where there's a place where meat is commanding men. You see, the Bible says meat commendeth not, but there's a place where meat commendeth men. For example, there are people who are commended in the gospel for being deep preachers. But the depth of preaching should not be what commendeth men. Hallelujah. Because there is error in a certain line of knowledge. That's why he says knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. There's a point where knowledge can puff a man up to speak the things he ought not to speak instead of loving edifying enough not to speak those things because necessity at that particular point is not what is needed for you to be deep, but what is needed for you to be silent enough to love for edification. And that is the spirit that sits in certain men to say, let me preach so they know I'm deep. Let me prophesy so they know I hear God. Let me sing so loud so they know I have a, go- a good voice. When you, when you do those things to minister to the conscience of men to approve you, then in this instance, you are commended by meat, not by Christ. Hallelujah. So therein I've realized that even in this gospel where we, we preach, there are certain liberties that we carry. Like there is for a man who can enter the temple of the idols and eat that which is to the idols and not be defiled because he's a faith guy. A baby can come and eat those very things and carry stumbling and condemnation and destruction. And therewith, the Bible says, because of your liberty, the life of the Christian, your fellow brother, is wounded. Why? Because you don't have the stability and balance in the spirit to know what men ought to know. Or to minister to men by kind and letter of degree to which they understand certain things. The church of Christ has waxed so cold. Are you hearing me? Because iniquity doth abide. The Bible says the love of many has waxed cold. And not only the love of many, but even the ears. The Bible says that their ears are grossly waxed. And that is why he says in the last days, men shall listen and hear things that their itching ears want to hear. How else can the ear itch except it is waxed? And how else is the wax come in the ear except the ear has been taught things that close it? Some Christians are dull in the spirit. That's why Jesus uses a statement called dull of hearing. Dull of hearing means, you understand, everything is deep. 
Speak slow. Speak shallow things. And then when you speak shallow things, you slow some people who are growing. When the Bible says that in the last days knowledge shall increase, it means that there are certain things you heard over the years. The gospel is changing. People are knowing God every other day. People are reading the Bible. People are submitting to God to teach them. That means that God is working certain things in the spirits of men to grow us. The problem with Christians is we don't want to grow in the things of the spirit. We just want the simple things. That is why many Christians have not grown. Because they just used to open for you one portion of line. And then they say, Soma Bible, Gamanti, our Yesu. Our Yesu. Na Tambura. Gamba Kuriranyo, you know Kutambura. Mugamba, you know Kutambura. Mugamba business here, you know Kutambura. Mugamba Makago, you know Kutambura. Mugamba Banabo, you know Kutambura. Bible, you Gamanti, our Yesu, Na Tambura. You see all clapping, you see, you see. You see how you're all happy. Then you get slain and go back home. Then the next day says, "Bikula Bible yo gamanti awo Yesu yali muriato neyebaka gamba kulira nyewebake mubisibu webake mumayengo webake munsozi webake karube dungu kwebake karube." Then they move gamba kulira nyebikula Bible yo gamanti awo Yesu. Na gamba, o inokubako chogamba, o inokubako chogamba, o inokubako chogamba, ya sango murema, kukete itiwa beautiful oba murunji, na mugagamba, Bible ya gamba, na gamba, tisiriva oba goro disirina na ekuruecho chenjina stuka, mulinyari ya yesu otambule, mulokole wobori na tona funa chisera na manji, Kogera, toja kuraba mukama, ba kuchoka mba, gamberi mbereyo, gamberi obuna fobo, gamberi obuadobo, bugamba Then ashes come. Kadi bwamugamba. Meat commendeth no man. I go be cheap. Apostle Grace Abuza Abuza. Meat commendeth us not. For neither if we eat, are we better. Neither we eat not, are we worse. So, the depth of knowledge does not make you special. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. But there is something in God that can make you special. And it's what I want to share with you today. There is something in God that can make you distinctive. And that's what I want to share with you today. So, 
When I started from the place of liberties where we, we wounded the consciences of the weak ones, sometimes it was not because we ate food in the idols. No, but sometimes it's because we traded on things that were too dangerous because of the liberty we carried in God. And where we, when waker men tried the very things, they were beaten. That is why there is a level in Paul where a messenger has to be sent to buffet him because of the abundance of revelation. Because what Paul was receiving was not equal to the maturity to sustain it. And God had to put a full stop on him. This is not a man buffeted because he doesn't pray, no. He says, and to keep me from being exalted above measure because of the abundance of revelation. He knew too much. And the Bible says, and there was given to him a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to what? To buffet him, lest he should be exalted above measure. Paul got got to a point where he, exaltation above measure was inevitable because of the abundance of revelation. Why? Because what was coming to him, he did not have the maturity to sustain. So sometimes if men are not mature to receive certain things, it is expedient that you share them, not least you wound their conscience. How? Either... (laughs) They'll be buffeted for control. Hallelujah. If you don't understand Luganda, I'm sorry. Some things are beautiful in Luganda. Who understands what I'm saying? Praise the Lord Jesus. Tell your neighbor it is working. Tell them it is working. Hallelujah. So I've said that certain things I've been seeing over the years, and I've sometimes now I've been prompted, some of them, as the ministry grows, I, 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 I recollect that there are certain people who are now able to handle these things, and therefore we deliver them. Hallelujah. Therefore we what? We deliver them. So if it's your first time to come here, you might either understand me a lot, or you might not understand me, but keep coming. Hallelujah. Keep what? Coming. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, on the 17th of uh, March, 7.30 a.m. in the morning, how do I know? After the vision, I looked at the watch. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. After the vision, I what? I looked at the watch. On the uh, 17th, in the morning at 7.30 a.m., I was in my bed. You know, my primary hours are with God in the morning. And then I was carried in the spirit. When I was carried in the spirit, I was taken to a place and I saw two ministers of the gospel, two preachers of the gospel. I could see one by face and I could see one in the back. I attended their meeting. These were two men which were talking about certain things. And then the Lord opened my ears to hear what they were conversing during that very vision. And while they were talking, one man is speaking to his ministers, and he says, I have a problem with certain people. This is a minister speaking. And certain ministers who don't give opportunity to some ministers. He didn't say to any minister. He said to some ministers. To minister in their meetings. Are you hearing that? To minister in their meetings. Now listen, he didn't say his problem was not with men who don't give opportunity to any minister. His problem was with men who don't give opportunity to some ministers to minister in their meetings. 
And he added the statement and said, I think those men think that they know more than anybody else. This is, it's not me, it's not anybody. Now I'm speaking from an apostolic mantle here, okay? Because those are the things that apostolic sees. Those are the things the apostolic sees. Because we, we have... We have something that is, I'm not just talking about title, I'm talking of the office. The apostolic office has an architectural mind of the church. We can see certain corners in the church. We can see certain things about the gifts and the callings of God, about offices and and governments in the ministry. But as I explain this, you'll understand why I'm saying what I'm saying. Now, it would be one thing to say you don't believe in anybody, okay? It's important for us to believe in everybody. And because it's important for us to believe in everybody, I believe that certain parts in the body must contribute something. But you see, sometimes there's a necessity to be sensitive on who ministers. You get it? For example, I'll give you an example. If we are preaching grace, and tomorrow I invited somebody and he preaches the Lord, you know what that will do to you? That is what? Transgression. Transgression. Paul says that if I build the very things I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. If I am building again the things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. If I'm telling you you're saved by grace through faith, and then I invite a preacher here, and then he tells you you're saved by faith through, without, you're saved by by works and not faith. Do you know what that does to you? That means in two, three minutes, the authority upon my life has given him the responsibility to destroy you. And after that message, how do I then again face you and tell you that I'm sorry? That is why it's important for every man to work with men which are of like spirit. We believe in the unity of the faith, but to which degree? Now we have taught, for example, although we have been in Fanero, we've taught you how to stand in the gospel. We've taught you the power of the gospel. We've taught you the essence of curses. And then I invite someone here, and then he tells you you have a generational curse on your father, from your grandfather. You understand? Yet a few weeks ago, we were teaching you that if a man is a new creation, they are, in, if a man is born again, then a new creature in Christ Jesus, and behold, the old is past, and now the new. Then somebody comes and says, Do you know what that does to you? So, do we, should we invite everybody no and please don't get me wrong in the vision this man was not speaking about us he was speaking about certain people a certain ministry he went to but you see there is something the Lord wanted to minister to me which I want to deliver to your spirit to create a certain understanding say amen Amen. so in this instance you realize that even though his problem is genuine that they are not being invited. In the vision, I could see that the problem was he had gone somewhere and he wanted a certain pulpit and he did not what? Get it. I'm speaking of the minister, but I'm coming to you individuals now. Praise God. Then while he spoke these things, the Lord spoke to me directly and said, Grace, behold men which are strange to proper. I say, I say, what? And the Spirit of the Lord again said, 
Behold men who are strange to proper. Asked him, what do you mean there are men who are strange to proper? And he said, there are things that are supposed to be done the proper way in the gospel. But certain men are strange to proper ways of doing things. And that is why he's complaining. He's done it the wrong way. He's done it the wrong way. And I said, wow, God help us ministers. And he told me, no, it's not only ministers, it's the church. I said, how? You see, in James, he says something. Let me, let me explain the places of liberty here. In James, he says something. Timothy, sorry. He speaks and says that for those who are striving for masteries, if indeed you are striving for masteries, he says, if you are yet without crown, you must strive loyally. Are you hearing me? He said that if a man also strive for masteries, yet he is not crowned, except he strive lawfully. Except he strive lawfully. Except he strive lawfully. Now he has put two kinds of men here. There is a man which is striving for mastery, but is already crowned in something. And then there is another man who is not crowned, yet striving. You understand? And he says that if a man strives for mastery, yet he is not crowned, except he strive lawfully. Now let me explain crown. When the Bible says that he shall crown you with glory, it is the Greek translation for the word meaning that he shall draw your circumference of influence as you continue to grow in God. Because you see, when you grow in God, your circumference of influence increases. You get it? As you grow in God, your circumference of influence increases. You increase more as you grow in God. You get it? So when I talk about circumference of increase, I'm not only talking about human beings. No, I'm talking about every living thing. I'm talking about the laws of the land, any ordinances on the land, anything created. As you continue to expand and increase in God, you have a more vast influence in the spirit realm circumspectly. You get my point? And that equals to the influence that you carry over things and men. For example, if a man has not been crowned for increase and he's a preacher, are you hearing me? He will preach for 40 years and he will not raise 20 members. Because he does not know how to raise 20 members to 40, to 60, to 100. Do you understand what I'm trying to tell you? He can preach for 40 years and still not have 10 members in the church or 20 members. Now he can say, ah, me God called me for 20 members. No, 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 no. Number one, mistake. Because he was not crowned, there was a certain mind he had to carry to strive lawfully. When you are crowned, you stop striving by law. You start executing by grace. Certain increases start to come in your life by grace. Now, this is not only in ministry. This is also in business. This is also in anything that you're going to do as a Christian. Do you have a shop? Do you have a business? Do you have an empire somewhere? Are you in a real estate business? Do you have a shop somewhere? Are you doing something? God is saying that you must know how to strive in a mastery, in any mastery. If you are without crown, he said you must strive lawfully. You must know the laws that make you who you are. There are many men in this world who are going to do business. That you're different. 
There are many people who are going to sit on that table. You're a banker, yes, there are many tellers. But there's something different with you. When I discovered this, I said to see that life can become easy. When I joined the bank, the first year I was already supervisor. Two, three years down the road, I was already the, 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 the branch manager. I was among the youngest branch managers in my bank place. Not because I was more clever than everybody, no. But I've realized that there are certain laws that take you up there. And they are consistent, whether it's church, whether it is business, whether it is workplace. If the Bible says that promotions come from neither east nor west, but they come from the Lord, which pulls down one and raises the other, you better know how to raise up. You better know how to go up. You better know how to go up. Because whether you want it or not, whether you want it or not, you will become uncomfortable every time you're not in the place God has appointed you. Before they even tell you you're broke, you will feel it. You will feel it. There are people who say, you see, you can get a certain age and say, in your heart and say, at this age, I should not be boarding a taxi. It's true. It's true. It's true. You should not. But it's one thing to have a need and you don't have access to it. You get my point? At this age, I should not be renting. It's true you shouldn't. At this age, I should be married. It's true you should be. At this age, I should have this. It is true you should. It is true you should. Why? There is an age mate, or even younger, who has it? How about you? There is somebody who is your age or who is younger than you. How about you? Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. The challenges as a church or as a body of Christ were trying to break out of a certain institution that enslaved us for so long. And whether you want it or not, some of these things happening to us have too much to do with the men who taught us before. Some of these things. And that is why our generation, every young man who gets up to preach the gospel, he has to stand from foundation. They don't build for them anymore. Yet the men of the world, when they're about to die, they build for their children and their children's children. That's a good man. He stores up an inheritance for his children and his children's children. But many of our generations, all of us begin from zero. Now, if you're here in Fanero, I refuse that your children should begin from zero. No. The day you produce your child, are you hearing me? And as you're raising him up in the gospel, if he must preach, are you hearing me? Let him start from where you're finished. Please, let him not start from zero. Do you know there's a certain gospel that is dying out? So I can't relate. We used to walk five kilometers to go and preach the gospel. We walked for 35 kilometers to go and preach the gospel. Sometimes we eat this in the morning. We eat that in the evening. We were poor. We went 35 kilometers for the gospel. We went three days without food for lunch. We went to prayer mountain 16 hours for this. Are you hearing me? I don't want my child to spend 20 hours to get the anointing. No! I want to lay hands on this guy and tell him receive. That's the only way the church will get from glory to glory to the very image and likeness. Glory to glory. Your child must own more than you owned. Your child must increase more than you increase. Because the essence of the gospel is this. 
When we preach these words of truth, something enters your spirit to create what was not possible. And when that seed of possibility comes in your system, like the other day I preached about ask for whatsoever. You remember? There's somebody in this room, they, they drove their car with red light, fuel empty. And she said, if it's whatsoever, Father, I decree and declare that tomorrow this tank is full. And the next, she's here. I wish she could even put up her hands. There. The next morning, tank full. She went to a petrol station and said, put. And they're saying, but madam, you have a full tank. Do you know what I'm trying to talk about? Yeah, 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 yeah. This thing works. Now, your child. Your child. Paul saw the progressive line of faith. And he says, I see the faith which was in your grandmother, Lois. Which was even in your mother, Eunice. Which is in you. You understand? There is something in you. When your boy is born, double, triple, quadruple. Even Elisha knows he can only get double portion. He can't get the same level of anointing. Can't be equal to Elijah. But you see, the challenge is now, the man which comes after Elisha. The man which must come after Elisha, Gehazi, he loves money. He loves money. And indifferent to the prophets. How can you not know he would see you? How can you not know that your spiritual authority would know when you speak evil of them? Gehazi. It's very funny. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That's why some of you don't profit. You spoke evil of your pastors. Of men who watch over your soul as they who give account to God for you. Hebrews 13, 17 says, that they might choose in joy. For if they do it in grief, this, the Bible says, makes you unprofitable. It's unprofitable for you. So some Christians are, are not profiting because they grieved their heads. They grieved their heads. They grieved your heads. Tell your neighbor, make manifest. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. So let's get back to what I wanted to tell you. These men start to strive. Okay? And indeed they are striving. And the ultimate question to me now was, and I'll pose to you, did you know that there's a difference between a man which strives crowned and a man which strives without crown? Did you know that? There's a difference. If a man strives crowned, are you hearing me? He's not under law. He strives in liberty. So I'm not talking of that strife of the servant of God should not strive, no. I'm talking of the place where the man gets into the middle of, of confusion because of too much coming to him. Why? Because he has liberty to access. In any way, it's also a form of strife. I'll give you an example. It's one thing to strive because you don't have food. It's another, when you see a table from here up to there, and then you strive to pick what you have to pick. You get my point? With this one, who is striving because there is a lot of food? The place of striving is choice. But with the one which strives... (laughs) 
without anything. Paul says the necessity primarily is he must know the laws to help him get what he can now strive through choice to pick. Who understands what I'm saying? <laughs> you understand what I'm trying to say? So, listen, listen, get back here. So, there are men who, if you are without crown, whether you want it or not, there are certain laws you must follow. Why? Because if you're with crown, it means you have the liberty to access everything and therefore the strivings can only be in choosing what you want above all because everything is available for you. That is the place where God asks you, which business do you want? Because you have accessed a certain place where with you can access any business. Which kind of ministry do you want? Because you've been to a place where you're crowned enough to access any business. Which ministry do you want? Because you're at a place where you're crowned enough to access a certain business. Things, let me tell you, things just don't happen. In this world, there, there is nothing called accident. It's in an English term, but it's not in the spirit. The spirit realm does not have accidents. Everything somehow has a certain intention behind it or a certain power behind it that enforces it. Either the devil or God, there's no middle ground. Even that which you call will is not will. If you think about it very intently. It's God. How can they come except the Lord draw them? So again, he pushed me past my will. And then I found myself believing. But it's one thing when a man resisted what is pushing. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. So I started to see in this man something. And the Lord told me this was happening in the church across. And he told me they are strange too. Proper. They don't know the proper way of getting things and therefore they complain. Some of you who are bosses, you know what I'm trying to tell you. Do you know employees who are always wailing? Oh, the electricity, the anything, the TV, the radio, the what, the water. You understand? Instead of being fixing machines, they're always wailing. Do you know Christians who just wail on everything? Government yet we are Christian. You you're, you're Christian. Christian. You're waiting upon the government. Christian. Christian. You are waiting upon government, Christian. That is why when they go in that system, they are whooped so badly. A guy I know very well was a preacher of the gospel. Then somebody gave them some little money, and then they told him, you go and also help him. So he was among the guys, hey, 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 mama. Somebody threw a stress stone. <laughs> it went directly to the man of God's front teeth. <laughs> And it, it bypassed Mohammed, who is him direct. He went to hospital. Then after a few days, he was discharged with no front teeth. And he said, he see it in politics. Did you have to lose your teeth? <laughs> Did you have to lose your teeth? Do you know why you lost those teeth? Because you unequally yoked. For them, they are shouting, oh, oh, oh. for us, we know how to change anything. We just get on the wall and say, Mara, Baba, Shakatala. 
know how to change everything. We just say Shandaraba. Prayer. Prayer. But you may find a Christian. Frakoa, even you. No, 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 no. Lock yourself up in the closet and fix it. Come out when it is fixed. That's what they call salvation. If you're seeing corruption in our government, instead of getting, you go there. Go there. In fact, let's do something spiritual now. Let's do something spiritual now. Say in the name of Jesus, every man corrupt in government, we arrest you now. We arrest you now. Watch the news soon. Watch the news. Don't go, uh, no, no. Just arrest the guy here. Just arrest him here. Do you know what it means? The effectual prayer. Fervent prayer of a righteous man. The Bible says it availeth much power. Dynamic in nature. It is not limited. Do you know right now we have just arrested a guy? He's doing his my things now. Soon you're going to look on a front page and see a certain guy and you say he was caught. Then you remember Fanero. That's why they have to be at our mercy. Because if we say Sharaba, it is Sharaba. If we say purple, even if it is blue. He said you shall decree a thing. And it shall be established. He didn't say, you shall protest and changes shall come. Strive lawfully. Tell your neighbor, strive lawfully. Tell him, strive lawfully. So come back. So, when I saw this, I realized something, and I must commit it to you. In this life, are you hearing me? Let me say something very sensitive. In this life, if there is one thing you must learn, learn to provide for your ministry. If your ministry is business, learn to provide for your ministry. If your ministry is preaching, learn to provide for your preaching. If your ministry is, is housewife, learn to provide for your wife. You understand? If, if your ministry is, 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 is engineering, learn to provide for your window. Because the moment you learn to provide for you, you will join your work. And if you join your work, the Bible says you not have need to join another man's work or envy it. You want to stand in front of 30,000 people. Have you provided for it? But we are under grace. It's true. We are under grace. But what is the law under which we are? The Bible calls it the law of faith. The law of faith. The law of faith. The greatest price for every new creature to pay is just to believe. But there are things you do by reason of the faith you carry because of the grace which is in you. That is why Paul said that I labored more than all my brethren. I labored more than all my brethren. Yet not I, but the grace of God which labored in me. And for such, you realize that no man carries story and content in the New Testament like Paul. Now, at what point does Paul say that I labored more than all my brethren? I labored more abundantly than they all. Not I, but the grace of God which was in me. There's a grace of God that entered Paul that made him labor deeper than Peter. Even though Peter went ahead of him. Who understands what I'm saying? There's something in you 
that can make you grow so quick in business, even if certain men have been in business for 30 years. There's something in you that can cause you to move so faster in ministry, even if certain men have been in the ministry for 60 years. That's what I want to enter you today. You understand what I'm trying to say? So Paul said, I labored more than abundantly than all my brethren. He says, when I received the grace of God, he said, I did not take it in vain. That grace which was bestowed unto me did not come in vain. The anointing that God gave me did not come uselessly. That means there are certain people who receive things useless. There are certain talents that are seated there. They are so gifted, but they're not doing much. Why? Because what was given you was given you in vain. But he says, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God that labored in me. Meaning, ultimately, the provision for Paul to labor more than all his brethren, not this, was his ability to yield through prevenient grace to the spirit of grace. I don't know whether I understand what I'm saying. To yield through prevenient grace by the spirit of grace. I mean to the spirit of grace. Through prevenient grace means that every man in this life has prevenient grace. That is why he says that the race is not to the swift, neither the battle to the strong, neither bread to the men of skill. But he says, but there's a certain chance that happens to every man. The only difference is that when your window was opened, you knew nothing on how to do it. Every man has a certain favor. Every man has a certain door open. Every man has a certain thing. Every man. There's a time and chance that happens to every man. There's a time and chance that happens to every man to be a success in this life. But when that window is drawn up, certain men don't know what to do. Certain men don't know what to do. Because the Bible says he has appointed every man their own timing and boundaries of habitation. Every man, their own timing and boundaries of habitation. Every man, their boundaries of habitation and timing. The Bible says that for every purpose under the earth, there is season and time. That means anything for God to be executed on the earthly plane, he works by two principles. Purpose of purpose, time and season. Time and season. It's a season for us to increase. But what is your personal time of increase? It's a season for a church to multiply. But what is your personal time of multiplication? It's a season for people to have money. What is your personal time to get money? Because you can move with a crowd when you're dealing with season, but you must walk without the crowd to suffer reproach if you must deal with your own time. And that is why Jesus can be with men all the time. But when he gets to the point when he has to pay the ultimate price, he has to separate himself from everyone and say, okay, pray from here, but I cannot pray with you there. Why? Because my cup is different from your cup. And the Greek definition of cup is experiences. What I experience in God is different from your experiences. I might want us to pray in the same time, but I cannot pray with you on the same altar. Because what I feel is not what you're feeling. There's a man here believing God for a car and a house and they're going to die happy. There's another man asking for Uganda. That man cannot pray with you. He can't. He can't. He can't. A story is told of a pastor who told men in an overnight, pray everybody, ask, ask for any amount of money you want. Ask for anything, ask for anything. 
ask for anything. So there was people asking, people were asking, people were asking. And then there's this guy who wanted 300 million shillings because he needed to do a deal. So he told God, 300 million shillings, God. 300 million shillings, God. As he was praying like this, then another guy was passing and he said, 300,000, 300,000. The guy said, what? He got his 300,000. Gave it to him and said, to Vida, to Sabi. only. Eh? It's about a hundred dollars. Take that and leave us to pray. Who want more? You're wasting our space. You, you are getting, it's hot already. And you want 300,000. Give him his 300,000 because he doesn't know what he wants. Or what he wants you can answer. Some of you, your prayers are in certain men's pockets. Some of you, your visions, no man can find. Come on, we can't have the same altar. We can't pray the same way. There's some people who think you're stupid to come every Thursday. Let them watch you. You don't have the same altar. You don't have the same dream. You don't have the same. Come on. Never, listen, never not go to church because somebody did. Because your portions are different. What you want in God is not what they want in God. And you must understand that every time you want your timing, you must separate from certain people. Whether you want to pray or you don't want to pray, I am going to pray. Whether you feel it or you don't feel it, I am going to pray. Why? Because I am not providing for you. I am providing for myself. So, I've learned not to blame men who pray the way I pray. Because we are not on the same altar. I've learned not to blame men who don't fast the way we fast. Because we are not on the same altar. I don't blame men who don't give like I give. We are not on the same altar. And we had to make a decision to walk without the camp. And that is why I realized that the greatest place of deliverance is when you learn to do things independently because you're led of God. Not because a certain man influenced you. It is true they called you to Fanero. But let them not again call you to come back. Hallelujah. So, when he says that the race is not to the swift, it meant that the fastest men are not necessarily the ones who reach there faster in the gospel. Do you get my point? So, some people think, oh, you see, you see this ministry? It is because we have fasted for 32 years. And finally, the Lord did it. So even you fast for 32 years. The Lord will what? Will answer you. And then there's, there are people who have a false confidence. Then they say, you know, I want you to be like me. Yet, you don't like to be like them. <laughs> Your vision is different. You don't even admire them one bit. Why? They think you want to be them. Yet for you, you want to be like Jesus. False confidence just. <laughs> Praise God. He says, I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding. 
nor yet favor to men of skill, but time and chance happeneth to them. Meaning, time and chance were the ultimate things to cause favor, the increase, the victory, the battle to be won by the weak ones, the speed to be run by them which were not swift. I wish you understand this window right now. I wish you understand this window right now. I wish you understand what I'm trying to talk about here. Do you know when I began Fanero, the first meeting, 1,200? We didn't have, they began humbly. In a room praying. And then they saw videos of people. You understand? It, we could have. But we refused it. And it worked. That's what I'm trying to say. You don't always need, you see, the Bible says God despises not humble beginnings. But he didn't say God loves humble beginnings. He just said he does not despise. He didn't say he, he loves small beginnings. He just doesn't despise them, that's all. God loves big beginnings, baby. So why do you glory in what he despises not instead of glorying in what he loves? He says, I wish among all that you may prosper in wealth, in health, even as your souls prosper. I have good plans to make you prosper and not to harm you, to give you that future, that hope, and that expected end. What was your expectation? Small? Big. He says, I have a plan to make you big. I know you have a small shop, but I have this plan that can make you big in 24 hours. Oh no, you have to work for 30 years to be big like me. No, that is why Fanero, you're going to see people becoming so rich at a very young age. Some of you, you're going to drive expensive cars at a very young age. You're going to build buildings at a very young age. Why? Because we are laying foundations for you so that when you come, you don't lay foundation again. But our people before that, you work, you work. Why do you always want us to work? Oh. Now me, I'm rich, I know it. Okay? Ministry, we're going to be having jets, what? You understand? So, if my son wants to be a pilot, let him drive my jet. Why does he go to be hired by Smanya KLM? You are late for work. No, let him drive mine. I pray God consumes everything around you. Are you hearing me? To his glory, that your children might not even need to work outside what you've done. Why? Because what you've done will be enough to sustain them and become bigger. In Jesus' name, say amen. It's not wrong to inherit a multi-billion business. And my boy just sits there and spoils himself working hard. That's okay. He's doing things that were started by the family. Name everything you want your children to begin from school. Ah, I hate those things. And I will not succumb my people to that. I refuse. That is why... We try so much to deal with certain things such that we help you start, we, 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 we help you get a head start through the gospel. The things that we made mistakes in a few years ago, we want you to start without making those mistakes. We don't want to see you make them and we say, ah, ha, ha, even me, I did it. Ah, welcome to the world. <laughs> no. Say amen. Say amen. 
Hallelujah. Tell anybody it is working. So I realized one thing that time and chance happens to every man. So I realized the weakest man in this room just needs time and chance. The, the, the weakest man in this room just needs time and chance. They can be anything they want to be without their own strength and power, but time and chance. Chance is the opportunity to access what you need to make you who you're supposed to be. Let me give you an example. Simon the Sorcerer, the Bible calls him, the, they called him the great power of God. It's in Acts 8. He did quite a number of miracles, signs and wonders, and everybody in the whole village knew, hey, this guy is wonderful. And then one time the scriptures tell us that Philip went in the same city and Philip started to do miracles, signs and wonders. The Bible says that even spirits, evil spirits, were screaming out of men. Are you hearing me? And great miracles followed. Now the Bible says there was a man called Simon the Sorcerer to whom the whole city gave heed from the least to the what? There was a certain man called Simon, which before time in the same city used sorcery and what? Bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out that himself was some great one. Next verse. To whom they all gave heed from least to the greatest, saying, this man is the great power of God. Next verse. And to him they what? Because that of a long time he had bewitched them with sorceries. But when they believed, Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ. They were baptized both men and women. Look at that. The great power of God is everywhere. He's doing all these kinds of things. And then one guy called Philip <laughs> comes from somewhere and kills his testimony in one day. In one day. In one day. I don't know if I understand what I'm trying to tell you. You find a man in his cash shop doing business and then you, you do the same business in one day. <laughs> And you sell everything in one day. And then he says, hey, I've tried to sell this for 40 years. For you have sold it in one day. Something disturbed Simon. Tell your neighbor somebody something disturbed Simon. And it will disturb men in your life. <laughs> Let's continue. Uh-huh. Let's continue. Then Simon himself believed also. He also did what? Believed. And when he was baptized and continued with Philip and wondered, beholding the miracles and signs that were done. So the great power now became a spectator. You know, he was observing everything, okay? Next verse. And now when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God and they sent unto them Peter and John, uh -huh, who when they were come down prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. Now there's something there, okay? Philip preaches the gospel, the miracles are happening, but Peter and John have something on them that releases the anointing to speak in tongues. You'll understand. And let's continue. For as yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they were, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Let's continue. And they laid, and, they, and then they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. Next verse. And when Simon saw that through laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money. Uh -huh. Saying, give me also this power, that on soever I lay hands on him, may receive the Holy Ghost. Now, the word there for power is exosia. Give me exosia, authority. Uh-huh. That's the next verse. But Peter said unto him, Thy money with thee, because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. Uh-huh. Let's continue. 
that thou hast neither part nor lot in the matter of the ghost of the ministry of the Holy Spirit, for thine heart is not right in the sight of God. Why? Repent therefore of this thy wickedness, and pray that if perhaps thou, the thought of thine heart may be forgiven in thee. Why? For I perceive that thou art in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. And that's exactly what I saw in these men. I'll explain in the spirit. When the Bible speaks of the gall of bitterness, how is it in Paul, sorry, so, Simon, wanting to buy what? Power. Let me help you understand. It never settled in his spirit. Are you hearing me? That Philip had something on him that could change the whole city in one day. So even though salvation comes on him, Simon the sorcerer did not get born again because he wanted a personal relationship with God. He got born again because, one, he had a certain need for what changed the whole city through Philip. And bitterness was still in his soul because he has tried to be for many years what he has seen one boy be in one day. You get my point? So even when miracles are there, he's realizing, I can get money and what? Give it. And then the man tells him, for I perceive, I perceive that there is bitterness in you. A girl of bitterness. There's a girl of bitterness. That is why in Hebrews the Bible says, let us pursue peace with all men wherewith no man shall see God looking diligently to ourselves lest we fall off the grace of God and any root of bitterness springing up trouble you and thereby many be defiled many be defiled because the root of bitterness has sprung out of a man why because he has fallen from grace he has failed to understand that there are certain things or anything that you expect in your life will only come by grace why do you think men who don't who criticize what they are envious of can never move in the same grace because the gifts of God attract, are attracted by what celebrates them. That is what Alan was saying. When you see a friend of yours and they've gotten 100 million in one day, dance like you're the one who has gotten it. That's a lawful striving if you want to be a master at things. The moment you hear, even someone can say, some of you in families, you're there, you're doing everything. And then your young brother tomorrow just wakes up and he gets a million dollars. For you have worked for 20 years, you even the brain everything, but for this kaka in one day, and he has not stolen it. Are you hearing me? Then you feel like your heart is... Are you hearing me? Even if you're dying, that's the day you go to the guest. <laughs> I'm so happy. I am so happy. I'm so overwhelmed. I'm even crying. But celebrate. Celebrate. Because what you celebrate, you attract. Always. What you celebrate, you attract. What you celebrate, you attract. Do you know why there's a principle in the spirit that says to whom that has more shall be given and to him that has little, even the least that he has shall be gotten away from? That's why sometimes I don't sow in poor ministries. Unless they're not poor. In a certain way. You see, it's one thing for somebody not to have whatever they, they want to have, but their spirit is right. They can have it anytime. 
That's rich. That is rich. You might not see the money yet, but it is there. It is somewhere in there. One day it will heat up and you'll want to be a part of it. But there are people who are both poor in spirit and physical. To the poor, he told you what to do. To preach the gospel. Preach to them the gospel. He says, and to preach the gospel to the poor. That's what it is. You preach to them. To stop thinking poor. Do you know, even in this life, have you noticed that people who have attract more? And he says, oh, even the small thing you have, you realize, eh, even the 1,000 I had has gone out. <laughs> Tell your neighbor it's working. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Tell your neighbor they're talking about somebody outside. The buildings can't be me. Come on. Tell him. Praise the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. But you see, the place where bitterness was in this man, in the vision I could see that the man is bitter because he didn't provide for his ministry. He was not bitter that because these particular ministers really did that. No, he was bitter because he did not provide for his ministry. He, that's the bitterness. Now, Simon wants to buy what can't be bought because he doesn't know how to provide to receive what should not be bought. I don't know what you understand what I'm trying to say. He can't and he doesn't know how to receive what can be bought by money. The proverb book says, buy truth but sell it not. You know why? It means you can invest money in anything you believe in. Are you hearing? But when you get it, never sell it. Because the principle is, when you get it, certain men will spend for it. That's the principle. That's his principle. Now, if you beg, it means you don't have it. It means you don't have it. It means you don't have it. That's why you beg. No man who has can beg. You can buy truth, but you cannot sell it. So under that principle, under that principle, under that principle, you must understand that we labor to receive things. We can spend on anything we believe in. But when we get it, we don't sell it. Because it's what this guy sees in a field, like the scriptures say, and then he goes back and spends and sells every household of his that he may come and buy the field. Why? Because he saw a certain treasure in the field. He likens that to the kingdom of God. The things of the spirit are the things that make us spend everything, not only money, our bodies, our time, our resources, our minds, everything that we carry that we might obtain this field. Because in this field there is a treasure. Now when he tells you we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the glory, the excellence he's not talking about just treasure, treasure, no he's talking about the things that Christians must learn to invest in eternity is one of them invest in what you know is eternal I repeat invest in what you know is eternal hallelujah hallelujah let me say one thing and close may I? No, somebody said no. Praise the Lord. Now, let me say one thing and finish. When I realized that the race was not to the swift, neither the butter to the strong, neither bread to the men of skill, neither favor to the men who have what? Wisdom or something. I realized one thing, that if anything is of God, you will never get it by merit. You will never. Now, if it is not of merit, but of grace, 
you must know the laws that govern grace. You must know the laws that govern grace. You must know the laws that govern grace. Because when you know these laws, that is what is necessary when time and chance comes to you. You remember the man at the well? The Bible says he spends many years and he says every time the angels come to stir up the waters, every time certain men go there in before me. Because there was a certain angel who used to stir up the waters every time. But every time the waters were stirred, certain boat, somebody will go in for the man, before the man. And because of that, this man stayed how many years? 38 years. 38 years. Next to a healing pool with the angelics who come to steer, but with infirmity. Translated as 38 years of poverty. 38 years of struggle in the ministry. 38 years of looking for a marriage. 38 years of looking for a child. 38 years of increase. 38 years of wanting to. 38 years of wanting to get certain things that you never get. You spend a long time. You're next to the pool of water. But every time, every time, you realize the issue is time here. Every time he wants to fall in, there's a certain man who falls in there. And that's when I realized that the principle under which the Lord was teaching us was there were certain men who knew how to time when the angel was going to star. He can even go and pick lunch because he's sure the angel will start at 1 p.m. And then he will come at exactly midday 56 while you are there. And at that particular point, you'll get the feeling to turn and sneeze and he's in. And I realize that if a man understands the timing of the spirit, it doesn't matter whether you're weak, it doesn't matter whether you're not educated, it doesn't matter whether you don't have any connections, just know the timing of the spirit. Amen. Just know the timing of the spirit. Jesus coming to this man was the place of dealing away with any excuse of a new creature to be held back by the times of the angelics stirring up what the Christ can give. That is why the Bible says, and you are complete in him. You don't even need to be Anglican or Baptist. Uh -uh. Ye are complete in him. You don't need to be Pentecostal or Roman Catholic. He says, and ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principalities and powers. He filleth all things. The Bible says, in him all things consist. Do you realize that when you say all things, even time is a thing. Even time is a thing. So when the Bible says that in him all things consist, it means even the timings of the Spirit consist in the Christ. They consist in the Christ. All you need to do is to know how the timings of the Spirit work. Because the moment the chance comes and your time comes, whether you are the weakest link in the family, you become richer. Whether you are the poorest guy in the family, you become richer. Whether you are the most disadvantaged person in the family, you will be exalted above anybody related to you. Why? Because it's a time and chance issue, not ability. Now, there are men who are wasting time in strengths and abilities instead of investing time in the timings of the spirit and the chances. Every Christian in this life has what they call a divine window. Divine window is when your opportunity comes and it must and should not sleep away. Sleep away. One time I worked for somebody and then they delayed to pay me. 
one month, two months, three months, four months. And while I was in my bed, very troubled, I asked God, why hasn't this woman paid me for three months? And the spirit spoke very intently. Every time she wanted to pay you, something came up and the devil directed that to a certain thought. And I realized that, eh, my payments were actually delayed by a deliberate effort of the devil. So I asked the Lord, what should I do? He told me, it's your time to tell her to pay you. It was 3 a.m. in the morning. I woke up and I told a woman, I called her name and I said, pay me today at 8 a.m. in the name of Jesus. The next day, I reached work that day at 7.30 as one expecting payment. And when I reached there, she says, Grace Aliwa, Grace Aliwa, I have not been sleeping. This night, I don't know, from about three, I lost sleep and I realized I have not paid you for three months. I must pay you. I must pay you. Some of you, your plots of land are there. They are not paying you. Your, your money is there, held up somewhere in banks. They promise to pay you. Your deals are held back. For you, you don't know that the issue is not about strength and wisdom and that you worked hard. No. The issue is claim your money at that time that you need it. But you must have the ability. That's my window. That's why I told people one time a story. When I was hired in KCB, the HR called me and told me, we've hired you, it's true. You actually beat everyone in the interview. Even the ones you beat were hired, but we have only one problem. Tomorrow we are we are we were presenting we are presenting your papers toward the executive committee to show them the people who have excelled and thus give them jobs but your paper is missing your results are missing on the paper i said how can i beat everybody and then my papers are missing and then they told me the only way you, you, we can probably help you is if this paper gets lost we can slate you for another interview in the near future hey hey Rebecca Grace, near future. Some of you are postponed because you don't know these things. That's why they postponed payments, postponed jobs for you, postponed everything for you. Tell anybody refuse that. Now listen. Listen. Listen to what happened. That when she told me the consequence, I told God, Mukama, he told me, go and sleep. I said, what? He told me, sleep. When, that's when I understood Psalms 127 <laughs> that he provides for those he loves while they are asleep. That is why because the, listen do you realize you need a certain sleep for certain things to come out of you? Adam understands. Now listen. Listen. I walk he woke me up. It should have been two or three in the morning. At about that time, he woke me up. And when the spirit woke me up, eh, he gave me a vision. And in the vision, I saw like a silly demon with a tail. And I saw a replay. It came and stole my paper out and hid it somewhere in a certain place under a certain desk. I could even see the desk in the spirit. And then I said, eh, I think I can go tomorrow morning and I locate my paper, even though I'm new in the business. Because I saw where he put it. God told me, no. You're not the one who hid it. I said, Posey, there's a demon here. There's a demon. I said, what? 
And then I summoned that spirit in the spirit realm and said, Gway! People at night don't even know what I'm saying. Gway! I told the devil in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get my paper under that table as I'm seeing you now. Carry it. And I saw the demon doing it. And I told him, put it on that table. Because I know that's the HR table. And the devil put my paper on the HR table. And the next day the woman called me and said, oh my God, we found your paper on my desk. And I was hired the next day. How can documents miss out? Simanya your exams. Simanya my papers are lost. How do they get lost? I refuse it. I refuse it. And that's how I got my job. Imagine I was like any other average Joe blog. I would be waiting for the next interview and it would post me to Guru. Because that's how the devil works with certain Christians. Listen, you must know your times and chances to execute your dream in the spirit realm. In the spirit, you must know how to provide for everything you want. And I realized that the ultimate provision was understanding the times of the spirit and the opportunities given to us to execute what we want to. That is called liberty. That's why men who strive with crowns don't need laws because they are free from any requirements. They are open to everything that's accessible by the Spirit. I want you to make that prayer today. Tell God, I want to be responsive to time and chance because I realize it's what makes great men. Tell God, I want to be responsive to time and chance. Tell God, I want to be responsive to time and chance. Tell God, I want to be responsive to time and chance because I've realized that the fastest men should never and will never win anyway. It's not about how fast men run. It's not about the first class degrees. It's not about the connections in state house. It's not about the connections outside countries. It's not about who you know, who doesn't know you. It's about your time and chance. Somebody raise your voice and speak to God. I want you to take a minute or a moment and just say, God, I respond to my time. I respond to my chance. I respond to my chance. They will not bypass me again. Come on, somebody, speak something. Speak something. Raise your voice and say something. Say something in one or two minutes. I feel it's time for somebody to grow. I feel it's somebody for some, time for somebody to increase. I feel it's time for somebody to multiply. I feel it's time for somebody to increase. I feel it's time for your job. It's time for your marriage. It's time for your increase. It's time for your multiplication. It's time for you to work. Still the devil, it is my time.
I want to decree something upon your life. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I decree that you be quickened in your business, in your family, in your marriage, in your relationship, in your ministry. I decree and declare that there is an apprehension of that which Christ apprehended you for. I decree and declare that tonight the anointing, the grace to arrest your time and chance comes to you in the most interpretedly clear revelation from today. You will not miss out your time. You will not miss out your chance. I decree and declare by the authority of heaven in the name of Jesus. Chances will not bypass you. You're going to be paid. You're going to get that job. They're going to remember you. You're going to get married. You're going to do that ministry. You're going to start that album in the name of Jesus. You're going to start that business. You're going to have that vision. And it's going to come to pass. It is happening. It is happening. Give the Lord a mighty hand of praise. Come on, clap for Jesus like you need something. The message you have just heard was brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number 041-466-4291 or email us at fenerocompala at gmail.com. You can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at Uma Multipurpose Hall from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. You can also catch the live stream at livestream.com slash Fenero. Fenero. Make manifest.